0: And turn with me to the Gospel Record of Luke, chapter number four. The Gospel Record of Luke, in chapter number four. We're continuing with our series of the miracles of Jesus. Just walking through and seeing as the Lord Jesus Christ uses his miracle power, he is indeed God, and watching what he has done to encourage us for ourselves. As we turn to the Gospel Record, of Luke in chapter number 4, we can see another miracle that Jesus has done. If you don't mind, let's look together and examine the gospel record of Luke chapter number 4. And... um, Let us start specifically in verse number 38. The gospel record of Luke chapter 34, or chapter number 4, chapter number 4, looking with me starting at verse number 38. The gospel record of Luke chapter 4, verse 38, the Bible says this, and he arose out of the synagogue, that's Jesus, and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken in with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and ministered unto them. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in the Gospel record of Luke chapter 4? The Gospel record of Luke in chapter 4, and notice with me in verse number 38. At the very end it says, they besought him for her. So they, they besought him for her. As we see this, we could see another miracle that has occurred. We could see that Simon Peter's mother-in-law, which kind of proves that he had a wife, it would be pretty horrible to have a mother-in-law and not have the wife that go along with it. So we know that Simon Peter, he had a wife. And so Jesus has already had a long day. The gospel record in go here and explains that he has gone to church, synagogue, and he preached. While he was there at the synagogue... Uh, <coughs> People um, come by and they needed healing. The gospel record in the same uh, historical account in a different gospel record explains that he healed people from night to day or from out of the synagogue. He had to go rebuke people who challenged him after his message. And then after this, they brought him to Simon Peter's house and said, My mother, she's dying. She's got a fever. Uh, This is a great fever. And so they besought Christ for her, but we also understand that we don't need to seek him for not only ourselves, but for others. This intercessory prayer is a prayer that we pray to God on behalf of others, to pray on behalf of others, that God would work in their lives, that he would work. Now, we don't understand everything that people need, but God does. We just need to pray. We know that God has done some miraculous works. No- <laughs> notice with me in uh, chapter 4 verse 22. As we could see some of these things that were done this day. Uh, notice with me in the gospel record of Luke chapter 4 verse 22. And all bear witness and wondered at the gracious words that proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Here we can see that Jesus is not only demonstrating his power by his works... But he is demonstrating his power by his words. That as he's saying these things, as he has these gracious words, by the way, notice the words gracious. There's a difference between hard preaching and harsh preaching. Our preaching should be hard, meaning direct, pointed, not watered down, but there's no use of any harsh preaching. His words were always gracious, even when he was pointing out things, his gracious words. Out of his mouth, and they go, Wow, is this not Joseph's son? Now we understand that Jesus was not Joseph's son, he was his stepson, that God was his father. But the people had a misunderstanding of this, and they're like, Who is this guy? Notice again in verse number 32 And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. So we can understand that Jesus had power in his words as well as his works. As we examine specifically what happens with Simon Peter's mother, let me show you a couple things here. The first thing is the ministry of sickness. The ministry of sickness. Here we see (coughs) Simon Peter's mother. Notice with me in verse 38 again. And he arose, that's Jesus, arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife's mother was taken in with a great fever. So this wasn't a low-grade fever where the kid is saying, I don't think I could go on. I can't make it to school for the rest of the week or maybe the month. It's not a little low-grade fever. This is a great fever. It's a fever so high that the people are worried for. It's a fever so high that the people are fearing for her health and feeling that her life may be drawn nigh. It's that bad. And during this fever, there's a ministry to it. There's a reason for it. God is getting their attention. And often he touches us or touches someone we love in order to work thoroughly with us. God speaks to us by the ministry of sickness. You think of different people who may be serving the Lord, people who are now in church and, and being faithful. Sometimes it's because someone and their family or themselves got sick. And God used that sickness to get their attention in their life, to draw them. And as God healed them, as God worked in that situation, now they're serving God. God uses this as a ministry sometimes. You look at Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Was she sick because she was a great sinner? Was there some tragedy? Sometimes it was there just to encourage Peter. Maybe this was here to show Peter in a personal way. That there's a God who hears answer prayer. In fact, notice with me as David has a word to say about this, Psalm 119. We're going to turn back here in just a second. But I want you to look in Psalm 119. The book of Psalm, Psalm 119. And notice with me in verse number 67. 67. Notice what the psalmist says here in Psalm 119, verse 67. It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept thy word. So notice this. He says, before I was afflicted, before I got sick, I went astray. I did whatever I want. But then I became afflicted. Something happened to me in my health. Something happened to me. And now... I have kept thy word. Here we could see the psalmist is saying, there was a time I did my own thing. But God brought in sickness. He brought in infirmity. He brought something in me that got my attention. And since that affliction has come, I now serve God. I've kept God's word. I've done. There's a ministry of sickness. There's often times that sickness comes not because of sin. Not because of the sins of others. Sometimes God allows it to come in to glorify him. Let me prove that point to you in the gospel record of Luke, or John. The gospel record of John chapter number 9. The gospel record of John chapter number 9. <coughs> in the gospel record of John chapter 9 we have another account where Jesus healed another man. And his disciples had a question about it. Notice with me, if you don't mind, the gospel record of John chapter 9. The gospel record of John chapter 9. Notice with me in verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. So he passes a blind guy. And this guy had been blind since he was born. He had never seen. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? This man... Or his parents that he was born blind, you know. Even today, many people have the idea that sin comes because, or sorry, sickness comes because of sin. Oh, the reason why you're coughing over there—that's because you disobeyed God. It's because you didn't say Amen at the right place. You know why you're having a gallbladder surgery? This is your tithes and offerings. And if you wouldn't have been stingy with God, you wouldn't have to. There's sometimes that people believe that. So they ask Jesus, they ask him a question that is legitimate in their minds. Who sinned? Was it his parents? Was it his mama's fault? Did his mom do something bad and now God? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but notice this, but that the works of God shall be made manifest in him. He says, Boys, let me tell you, the reason why he is sick. The reason why he is blind is not because of his sin, because of his parents' sin. It was because God's works are being manifest in him. And then of course, what he does, he heals the blind man. So everyone can see that Jesus had power. So that way everyone can see, look at what God can do. There are times that God allows sickness in our life because he has a purpose of doing something with it. For the purpose that we're glorifying him because of what he was able to do to heal. To help people through it. When we realize that all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. We understand that God has a plan for it. And he wants to glorify. There's a ministry in the sickness. There's a purpose that is there to glorify God. And we could trust him. We could depend upon him. There's a purpose for it. So not only do we see that there's a ministry, a purpose for the sickness, but we also go back and see the ministry of the Savior. The ministry of the Savior. Now, we know that Jesus had a clear purpose. and the Gospel record of Luke chapter 10, or 19 verse 10, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what Jesus is doing, Jesus' main purpose is to see people come to know Christ as a savior. And there are times that sickness comes to draw people near. They put them down, sometimes we'll use the phrase the bottom of the barrel, he'll put them down where they have no other choice but to ask for Jesus and then Jesus saves them. And their life completely turns around, completely changes. And Jesus is deeply concerned about us, not just when we get saved, but he's also concerned about us after we get saved. Turn with me, if you don't mind, to the Gospel record of Matthew in chapter number 8. The Gospel record of Matthew chapter 8. And what we see is that there's a parallel passage to this uh, um, healing of Simon Peter's mother. Look with me in Matthew chapter number 8. Matthew chapter number 8, notice with me if you don't mind, starting at verse number 14. The gospel record of Matthew chapter 8. And notice with me in chapter 14. Here we'll have the parallel passage. When Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his mother's wife laid and sick with a fever. Excuse me. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. And when even was come, they brought him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all of them that were sick. Notice this, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. That word bear is an important word. We know that this is referring to the prophecy made in Isaiah 53. And we know that that word bear, this is an important word. That we know that in the book of 2 Peter it uses the word bear where it carries the idea that he bore our our sins. He carried them away. But in this case here, this word bear Actually carries it still carries the idea of carrying, but notice specifically what it is carrying, and he bear our sicknesses. Here, it's not talking about our sins. He is healing all these people that are sick. These people line up after he healed um, <coughs> Simon Peter's mom. All these other people line up. they are demon possessed. There's people of sickness. Notice again at verse uh, sixteen, and when even was come, they brought. Unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, notice this, and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. Here it's not talking about the salvation in this specific case. God wants to bear. He has a ministry in the sickness and he wants to help carry them. He wants to bear them. He wants to lift them up and work with us and walk with us even in our most horrible times and our times when we're hurting and the times that we're bare. Jesus has a ministry not just to seek and to save but he cares for you even after you get saved. And he has a ministry of bearing our sickness if we will allow him. He has a ministry of going with us and carrying us through when we can't go through, if we allow him to. He loves us and he cares for us and he has a ministry. And during that time when he bears it, and we know that he has bared our sickness. He has bared those things. We trust him more and we look at him and say, that's a great God. There's something to that. When we could recognize that it was God that got me through. It was God that carried me through. It was God that helped me through. I couldn't have done it myself. I was talking with someone the other day. And uh, they often, a lot of people misquote that passage in the book of 2 Corinthians. And they think that the passage says this. That God will not give me more than I can bear. Carry the idea of carrying. But you know, that's not what that verse says. You know, if God will not give me more than I could bear, then that carries the idea that we ourselves, we can handle it. And when you're carrying all this weight, that God may add something up, but he's not going to give you too much that it's going to topple over and that you could just carry it through. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what that passage says. And that's not what God wants. That passage says that he will not give us more than we could bear without a way of escape. That passage actually teaches God will often give you more than you can bear on purpose. But he always gives you the way of escape of Jesus Christ. And he carries the weight for you. God doesn't want us to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. He doesn't want us to go with pride and say, Yeah, man, let me tell you, you're suffering through that sickness. Well, I got through it. You grin and bear it. That's not what God wants. God is so tender in mercy He wants to carry the load for us. We just got to turn to him and ask him to help. We got to allow him to help. That's the ministry is that he will bear us. He will carry us. He will bear that sickness. He will bear those burdens. He will carry them. Not just for salvation. But for those things in our life too. He is that way of escape. Where we don't have to have that load. We turn that load, the burden to Him. He will do it. So we have the ministry of the Savior. So we start off with the ministry of sickness, that the sickness has a purpose. That's to draw us to our need of Jesus Christ. To recognize that we need him. That it is him that goes through. We see the ministry of the Savior. That the Savior's job is to bear that sickness. To carry that load. To carry it. That it's not meant for us to carry. It's meant for us to learn to trust him. To realize that he is able. God is not trying to test how much we can handle. He's trying to see how much we're willing to trust him. And we can learn to trust him with more and more and more. You say the burdens keep getting bigger. Yes! So we can keep giving it to him. Not for us to carry. Can you trust him? But then we come to a third idea. Learning from this passage. Not only the ministry of sickness. That the sickness has a purpose. The ministry of the Savior. That the Savior not only wants to seek and to save. But he wants to bear, carry, that sickness, bury or carry that load to go with us. He wants us to be able to trust him with it. But then we see the ministry of the saved. Because of this, what occurs? Go back with me to the gospel record of Luke chapter 4, our original passage, and let's see what happens. Notice if you don't mind, in the gospel record of Luke chapter 4, notice with me in verse 38 as we hit the context again. And he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. And Simon's wife was carried with a great fever and they besought him for her. And he stood over her. By the way, this is a great medical term going back to the last point. Remember the gospel record of Luke is written by Dr. Luke. He's a physician. And this, he stood over her, <laughs> is, a, is a medical term. That carries the idea that as a doctor, he's standing over the patient, examining her. Uh, The actual phrase is a medical term. And so he uh, stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her. Praise the Lord for that. But notice this. And immediately, that same night, because we could see in the parallel passages, there was other things that occurred, but immediately she arose and ministered or served Notice what it says, and it she ministered unto them, plural. Who's them? It's the disciples that were with Jesus at this time. The ministry of the saved. What did Peter's mother-in-law do when Christ healed her? She arose and ministered to him. Because of what Christ had done for her, she arose and ministered unto others. What's the whole point of why Jesus saves us? What's the whole point of him bearing our infirmities? What's the whole purpose? For us to serve. Serve him. You know you think about. Uncle George. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob's a mean old guy. Who hates God. Hates everything about God. Doesn't want to serve God. What happens when Uncle Bob gets, gets healed? Do you think he's going to necessarily serve God? Not if he continues on. Not unless something happens where he meets with Christ. So what benefit does it have to God to serve, uh, for, to heal Uncle Bob? You understand that God has a purpose for this. God doesn't do miracles just to satisfy our curiosity. He doesn't do miracles just to, for us to go, yay. God does miracles. There's always a purpose for the miracles. And it is to grab the attention of the saints To follow after him. Remember what the psalmist said. He said. Before I was afflicted. I went astray. But now. I obey the word. What what was the purpose of the affliction in his life? To get the psalmist to serve. Because of what Christ has done for me. I'm glad to serve him. It's out of a thankful heart. And that's always the motive for any Christian. I don't serve God in order to get something from him. I serve God because of what he's already done for me. To realize that God did something wonderful. To realize that he's done for me. She's serving out of a grateful heart. For her, she remembered at one moment she is of dying of a great fever. Imagine 104, 105, 108 fever. That's a pretty serious thing sweating. You can almost imagine that, that she is freezing cold because of her internal body temperature, but they have blankets over her and just sweat just pouring over her. You can almost imagine how dehydrated it is, especially since they didn't have IVs then. You know, you can imagine uh, Simon Peter's wife taking her mother's arm and trying to put liquid into her mouth, her, her lips all parched and, and cracked. And Jesus stands over her as a physician, looks and examines, and he rebukes the fever. And immediately, one moment she's dying, one moment she is completely healed. That's pretty amazing, wasn't it? it this wasn't, well, he checked up on her in a couple of months, and you know, and she's finally getting around and hobbling. I mean, she got up! And she's healed! She looks at Jesus and says, this is Amazing! What can I do for you guys? Hey, you guys look like you eat some pancakes. Let me go get make some pancakes. Begins to minister and to serve unto them. And she's glad to do it. Why? Because she knew her state. And it's now radically and immediately changed. And it's not a big deal. She's not yelling at the skillet, putting in the biscuit pancake mix and saying, Oh man, I'm the one that's sick and they're making me serve. She's glad to do it. She sees an opportunity to be a blessing. She sees an opportunity. She's so thankful for it. We see the ministry of the saved here. You know, we have a great God who's able to answer prayer. But when he answers prayer, there is something on the other side of that. Why should he heal you? Are you going to use your health and life and strength to serve him? Well, that's the expectation. He wants you to be able to trust in him and, and depend upon him for your sicknesses. So that way you go later and say, look at what God has done for me. And then as a follow-up, you're glad to serve him. Could you imagine someone that the church has been praying for? They were in a car accident. They had cancer. They had this. And we, lay, we pray for them and we pray for them. And they get saved and they, they get healed. And then afterwards, we go to follow up with them and say, hey, are we going to see you in church? No, I'm going to go boating. No, I'm going to go do this. No, I can't because of this. And you're like, what just happened? Does that match up? I'm really thankful God saved me. But we understand there's a ministry here. God is doing something in our life to draw us close to him because he wants to do something in our life. He wants to do something with it. There is a ministry of sickness. There's a ministry of the Savior who's able to bear it. But a followed up, there's a ministry of the saved. Because of what God has done for us, how can I do less than give him my best and live for him completely after all he's done for me?